Hi everyone, my name is Octavius Pukubia. Welcome to the Brillionaire Podcast. Yes, we have finally settled on a, on a name. A podcast from here on going forward is going to be called the Brillionaire Podcast. Last year in November, at the beginning of, um, at the beginning of that month, I did promise a, pro- a podcast talking about how an NGO can make money um, of what it does, uh, of its activities, as simple as, as that. And why I, th- I felt it's, it's important for us to, you know, to kind of do that was one, NGOs um, have a, have, are faced with the reality. One is that they have to compete. Right? They have to compete for money. There is no unlimited pot of money that's available out there for them. They're competing with multiple priorities. Uh, funders and and, and and grant you know uh, those that are providing grants or government has got competing priorities so so NGOs are, are forced to think very carefully about what it is that they do and how they do it as efficiently as possible with little little uh, to no resources as they have yes harsh and difficult but it has to be done or else your NGO won't last for a very long time. And that we said for the beneficiaries that are receiving help from you. And we don't want that. So we want to talk about some of the things as simple as, as possible. I want to try and simplify, simplify those. It's also important for us to talk about this because being dependent on the generosity of, of people is, you know, is, is not a good uh, practice. Um, because, you know, you don't know if you're going to be in, in operations in the, in the you know, in next year or other years to come. Uh, so you want to move away from having to be dependent and creating value for people so that you know you can generate money. Because when you generate money and income, um, you have a better uh, chance of continuing with your operations um, and, and, and really you know helping and continuing with your course as a, as a, as a business. So you know, overall, I, my, my argument is that NGOs should see themselves as a business. So there's a service that you're providing. Somewhere, somehow, there's someone who's paying for the service. Uh, it might not be directly the beneficiaries that you have in your uh, uh, at your NGO, but somehow, somewhere, there's a cost to the services that you're providing or the products that you're providing to those people that are in need. Um, so, so it's important for for us to then think about how we operate as a business, as opposed to just you know an entity that is you know um, that is dependent and reliant on grants year on year, on year or month to month. Uh, we want sustainability because we want to improve the living conditions of our of our people. It's also important because you know um, I believe for for an NGO. Um, you are constantly, like I said, in competition. Um, therefore, it forces us to think about you know this matter that concerns different stakeholders. So NGOs are constantly having to deal with government, civil society, uh, the beneficiaries that are that they are looking after, and some instances customers that are, are represent are representatives of the beneficiaries. So, so you find yourself in this dy- dynamic um, relationship uh, with all different stakeholders. So, 
So you're constantly having to think about um, yourself as a, as, a, as, a, as a business because you don't engage these people, you know, uh, same way. So you've got your core stakeholders. Really, these are the guys that you, you truly need um, uh, that are that are directly affected or impacted by by the work that you do, and you also have di- you know um, direct stakeholders that are involved in some way or the other in in in, in, the, in the issues that you'll be addressing as a um, um, you know as as an NGO, and of course you've got indirect indirect uh, indirect stakeholders which are you know aren't aren't entirely you know right at the core or directly you know affected by what you're doing but it's some more the other they have they have an influence you know um uh, through some relationships that they have in some way or the other these people maybe you know be groups maybe um your service providers uh, maybe some you know community members right um, and in some cases may also include you know competitors so 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 think about about those 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 things so so you want to know um you know who are these stakeholders who are these people that i need to serve and i need to service i need to really provide and and constantly engage right who are these people who are interested in the in the issues that i'm trying to address um you know and um and who and one of the ways to really define that is who's expressing an opinion or who's 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 got an who's got a position who's saying anything who's who's talking about this thing you know who cares about this matter or the issues that you're doing um who has worked who works in this in this in the space who has worked in the space um some of the people that are keen to join in that in, to join that conversation or be in that in that in that sector that space um who are the people that we might need to keep an eye on i mean and this goes goes especially for for politics uh, um for those that are in areas where you there's a constant change in other legislation um there might be repercussions uh, you know there are people who there may be politicians that have a different view on a certain matter so uh, if they come and you know um extend a certain policy position that may come back and affect how you run your ngo so you kind of think about about those things and then as simple as, as that really how do you comply how you make sure you make uh, how you make sure your beneficiaries are happy you know how you make sure that the society sees value in what you're doing but ultimately yourself as the founder of the ngo the owner of the ngo uh, or the team that runs that ngo is how do you how do you remain sustainable how do you continue to do this going forward you know so let's talk about you know for me what i think is is, is, is what I, I really wanted to chat about through that tweet uh, last year is what areas um, you know can you generate income as an NGO? What activities through what kind of activities, right? So remember at the at the, at the core of this, uh, I mean the argument I'm also making is that there's there's data that you possess, there's primary data that you possess for uh, as an NGO, whether you are an NGO in tourism, whether an NGO in in health, uh, you know NGO in security. There's real-time data. There's you know uh, evidence-based data that you possess that someone might need um, for whatever it is that they are doing, either to formulate a policy or another to design or develop a product a commercial product whether to know how much to sell a product for that for that market so let's make a basic example of an NGO in the diabetes um, you know sector 
uh, one of the ways to make money is through endorsement and cost marketing what's called cost marketing right so so these are activities that can definitely bring money you know one through endorsement and cost marketing is three things that you can definitely do in um, uh, activities that can bring definitely bring money is marketing and, and advertising rights on, on some of the platforms that you have, you know, whether you're an NGO that has a Facebook account or Twitter account, um, before you, you know, you, you could you could partner with uh, some other um, people who are in, you know, institutions or companies that are in the, in the health space that are making, you know, healthy products for people who are living with diabetes, whatever the case may be, or research companies or medical companies, right? So, so they could advertise to those, um, to that, to that market that you have, because that market needs that product, right? Um, so, so you, you can charge for, for, for them to access that market. So there's some marketing and advertising rights on, you know, to, to use your platform and you have that platform because you've got a captured market. That's what I'm, I mean. You've got a captured market. Um, the second thing under endorsement and cost marketing that you know you could definitely do is product placement reviews or, or, or PR. And product placement is really just a question of you have this captured market, so people want to know if the product that they've made will it work for this market. If you've produced biscuits and you have this you know um, old age home that is that has people you know uh, dealing with uh, having uh, diabetes, uh, you want to test it, right? So people must pay you for to run to run that. Say, hey, I've got guys who you know are looking for biscuits uh, that they can enjoy, that they can eat anytime. Doesn't it doesn't pose a risk for them or whatever the sugar levels are low, whatnot. But of course, it's going to be a fee for you to pay for us to you know uh, um, uh, introduce you to that market so they can test your product, right? Um, or um, and that's a review or they could you could say listen we've just launched this product um and we want people to start knowing about it and want we want it we want them to start buying it or consuming it so that's product placement you know um and that's important it's another way of making money really um, um and and one of the things that you also can do is um some of the activities is product innovation advocacy and, and research uh, people are constantly companies institutions you know, um, private sector, especially uh, government, are constantly looking for ways uh, to introduce new products in the market. Right. So you've got research centers, you've got laboratory, uh, laboratory, um, uh, research laboratories that are looking for, um, you know, insights on what new products we need to introduce to the market. You've got to know those guys and ask. I mean, think about CSRR. CSRR, uh, the people who probably are sitting there thinking about what uh, what health products they should make, or even universities, for example. Uh, have you ever thought about, you know, whatever area you're in, whether it's social science, whether it's safety, you know, um, whether it's, you know, if it's safety, if you care for, for kids, for example. You know, have you ever thought about contacting a university and say, guys, you know, one of your... Uh, um, you know, in your social, you know, your social work um, uh, faculty. You know, uh, do are you guys not looking to do a research? You've got this guy, you've got these kids who've got different backgrounds and and whatnot. You know, um, and I know people will come back and talk about how no, but this is not fair because you know um, you're you're commercializing what shouldn't be commercialized. But the truth of the matter is that this is in, this is data, one way or the other. Someone is looking for it. You are possessing it. You need an income to constantly look after these children, you know. Um, 
so so the university should compensate you to make available you know what data that you guys have provided you know if you take kids off um, of the street at this age and you provide them with some this support they now have this number of meals a day um, and you see them improving this way they improving their concentration levels in class whatever, 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 whatever. Uh, now that's important data right so so that's another those are the main three ways for me i think you know you can make money off of endorsements and cost uh, and cost marketing and you can do that through partnerships like i said you know academic institutions medical you know uh, um, uh, medical companies, you know, PR firms, you know, um, or advertising agencies that are servicing this, you know, uh, corporate clients, you know, they, they constantly are looking for, for, for these, you know, for this data. Uh, the second one is research and, uh, and, and training. Um, and again, here, you know, as basic as it can, it can get, you know, you possess this primary data. So you have the know-how, you've got the evidence. So who, who better, um, to, you know, run a seminar, right? You could do a seminar, you could do a workshop because you're speaking from, from authority, from a point of authority, you're an expert, you know, you, you live with these kids, you know, right guys, X, Y, and Z, this is, this is what we found. And you could do this, you could do this through invitations. You could be invited to, you know, um, World Health Organization, some institutions, the private sector, public sector. Yes, there will be challenges, you know, there will be pushback because you're an NGO, people are not expecting you to charge because they're thinking you should just do it for the sake of doing it because you, you are invested and you want to see an impact. But the truth of the matter is that, you know, that platform, there's an experience that comes with it. You've had so much sleepless nights. Um, so the, the authority that you bring with that information and that data goes a long way and it should be compensated. So seminars and workshops can definitely work in it because people are, are looking for ways to solicit information to influence or inform the new policies or programs that they design or develop, right? You can also train people, right? You can train professionals in that sector. So if you are running an NGO that's looking after children, you know, I, I believe, I argue that you could definitely train social, social workers that have just recently graduated. Right. You know, they just came out of university. Uh, you've been running this NGO for the past 10 or five years or whatever the case may be. So if anyone is to speak about child protection authoritatively, is, you know, is you. So you can definitely train these guys um, about about that. Um, so that's the second thing under research and training. You can definitely do, you can train some, some professionals there or some practitioners. Um, you can also do some research outputs and product reviews, like I said, you know, um, people will, will will constantly look for ways to uh, validate some of the products that they are they're designing or services that they have um, so again you stand you stand at a position where you have this uh, this um, uh, this expert view and this first this, you know you're at the core face of this so who who to have in their research um, and and again I want NGOs to start thinking of themselves and it's and it's it's a it's not a it's not a taboo, uh, and I think that mindset needs to change. If it, if it is a taboo, you know, um, that mindset has to change. That when you are called on to research, to interviews, or you know, or focus groups, um, soliciting data information, <coughs> excuse me, you have to start asking for compensation for provision of that data because it's what you've gathered over the years of working hard, sleepless nights, you know, going looking for. <coughs> excuse me, looking for uh, for support and whatnot, you know. So research outputs, you can definitely help a lot of people, um, you know, 
academic institutions, health organizations, um, you know, guys who are in the consumer education, you can definitely do do, do that, right? Um, and one point I've almost forgot, under training, um, so you could, you know, even training the professionals or holding seminars or workshops, you know, you do this through, you know, you could do this through, you know, facilitating the, you know, some of the seminars or workshops or training, or you could be the one who's providing the lecture or the instructions. You could be the instructor. Um, you could also be an, you know, a, an evaluator of some of these things, right? So that you need to position yourself very, very, very uh, smartly. So that's the, that's the third thing about research outputs that you can definitely earn um, some money in, in it. Health, um, you know, you, you could do, again, if you're in health, you could do training projects in communities, right? So training projects is, is you know, Think of it as. In fact, let's 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 ignore the the health example. So let's use the child, child, uh, you know, uh, child care example. Um, one of the trainings that you could have in 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 communities is that as a result of, of you running NGOs, the experience that you've gathered, you now can obviously go to other uh, platforms like you know primary schools or just schools as, as it were to run some of the training projects or communities to run projects for other people on how to care for children or uh, what are the key things the top you know uh, messages for people to learn about a certain subject so that you have other ambassadors right so you could have those kind of training projects where you train ambassadors in communities you know it's a it's a it's, it's a transferable skill so you're transferring skill right um and and then you act as as that as that as that uh, as that agent and they act on, on, on your behalf you know uh, or for um for extending and, and, and pushing that message in in the community so so those are the four areas that i i believe uh you know you can any any angel can definitely earn money uh from those activities you know, holding seminars or workshops you could train professionals in that in that area um, I mean I could go and I could make example of, of you know NGOs in the tourism sector you could you could train you could train literally anyone you know uh, any professional in that in that in that area research output very big area for for, for me there to, to earn money and uh, training projects in communities another you know area to make to make money uh, for you as an NGO so, so we're now on the seventh, we've now listed seven, seven different activities that you can earn money. Uh, three fall under endorsement and cost marketing and four fall under research and training. Let's go into the, the third category, which is for me, events, consulting and, um, and, and, and well, basically events and, and consulting. Events and consulting. This is more more popular in the in the health sector and many and, and maybe a few other other areas where NGOs plays you know play 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 a role. Um, events again, easy way to make to make money. Quite frankly, I mean, think of guys who are in the in the in the health space um, and there's different focus areas within health. Right? You know, it could be dental. It could be um, Jesus. I mean, it could be literally anything under, under under health you know diabetes hiv and aids um uh you know sexual education you know it could be literally anything now think about where you could play a role in wellness days how many times do people 
you know NGOs come and and, and really run some wellness days and you know act as a as a um, as as experts because they they are living uh, you know that uh, you know they're living those those things it's not a it's not a you know a space that they 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 are unfamiliar with so they have an expected and living experience in in those areas so wellness days you know it could be an easy way for you to make money you know you just need to know who to knock at again i i say the, the rule of thumb is find for find institutions companies private sector that is aligned to your area i mean if you're in tourism so you want to knock on the tourism um department or you know companies that are in in tourism if you're in health you want to knock on the door say guys for your wellness days companies that you know uh, private sector mining you know um, pharmaceuticals fmcg those guys are having wellness days all the time you know knock and say guys listen you know we come from this space we want to uh, share with your employees or your teams you know what we found and maybe it will be it will be useful um you know you could uh, you could be uh, one of the you know easier you know you, you know activities that you could be making money uh, is is in um is in care and, and, and management like i said um you're consulting here in in giving an expert view on on how to look after children underage children you know um uh if um you know if you've been running this angel for many years i mean i forgot what the name of that angel where you can um something of hope where you leave a child in a in uh in um they i think they have a even a a a wind of some sort on, on the street or the just on one of their uh their um, uh, their locations where you can you can live you cannot you know live a live a child if you are a mother who's not ready to have a kid right so you do that over a period of time surely you can now really um provide a, a consulting view to um to the you know uh, clinics that are providing uh prenatal or postnatal care uh, to really what kind of support you, you give to this uh, young mothers uh, what kind of information you provide to this young mother so that could be another way to make money really it's just the data that you have and how you use it you know um you could get into you know, one of the third activities within events and consulting is um custom education you know one of the key things i don't have to be in a certain space you know um uh, to necessarily receive training from you 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 know um you need to find ways to educate the masses and and this those people are keen you need to just basically partner with someone um it could be the media it could be media houses um you know you could respond you know you could be you could partner with some corporate people or or, or public sector uh, government as it were you know to um uh, to drive those custom custom education and and help people with uh, empower people with more knowledge right uh, like i said consulting you know um, product reviews is very important uh, you could definitely make money make money from 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 there um you have public events um where you on the calendar you put awareness days you know uh, world aids day you know all those kind of days where i think you know there are ways in which those are the, some of the ways you can make money from because you know to be invited to come and speak there and I think that's another man mindset that we've got to start, you know, changing. If a Department of Education is hosting that kind of an event and they're inv inviting an NGO, a well-known NGO, so there should be some compensation in, 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 you know, in, in enabling these guys to come and share such a, 
the privileged data with us, you know, because we're going to leave them more empowered, more knowledgeable. So when you go and make decisions in our different respective fields, you know, we're going to use, you know, use that information. So it's another way of solving. People are using those kind of events to solicit information, new, new data. Right. Uh, definitely, I think uh, even at these events you can use merchandise, and I think most NGOs try and, and use that. But even with merchandise, time find some cool ways to to design something that people can definitely use um, that they can that can resonate with 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 them. Right. So you basically have about six ways you could make money within events and consulting. You know, through wellness days, through uh, consulting for uh, uh, you know. About caring uh, for people if you're in health, um, you could just how to manage some some of some of the, the issues that you're dealing with in your NGO for people uh, in private sector or public sector. Um, so consulting on those is also very important. Consumer education, uh, product reviews. Again, um, you know you could do awareness days and making so six things that you really can do under events and consulting for you to make money as an NGO. And lastly. Again, this is a traditional way of, of really making money, you know, uh, sponsorship and donations and, and, and grants. Um, but there's there's a tactic behind behind this. You know, you, you know, you, you have to find value based partnerships for you to have uh, to have sponsorships. You know, um, it's not just a question of sending a. a, a a fundraising proposal or grant proposal and then they give you you know 50,000 rands or 5,000 US dollars uh, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a way you have to demonstrate how the partnership with those guys so one of the tricks that you use one of the hacks you use is if you are in a certain sector you're obviously looking for companies that are in that sector um, because for them it's an extension of what they what they stand for right um, so if you know uh, you uh, a company is in is in mining and your NGO is looking after you know victims of um, asbestos. You want to obviously you know pursue partnership with those with those companies, but meaningful partnership, not just it's don't don't um, don't use it as a as a way to um, to say to them, well, since you are responsible for this, you might as well you know invest in us. No, use it as an opportunity to say, listen, guys, it's an extension of your of your of your values. Um, we are giving you an, a platform. Um, uh, to really um, see your investments delivering uh, some impact, impact in, 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 in the areas that you operate, you know. So give also the language, change your language. Start, you know, don't, don't use it as a, don't, don't go out looking for, for, for sponsorships or donations or grants in a, in a victim mode, you know. Provide people, enable people to see more than just what you guys do and why they, they need to be part of that of that story, you know, because it empowers them, you know, and that's that's the truth, right? Um, so whether it's corporate partnerships or government grants, uh, whether it's ad hoc, you know, donations. Um, one of the other donations, of course, we've seen NGOs use is its resource um, or infrastructure donation. So as opposed to money, people, you know, provide provide donations in, in, in other forms, equipment and and, and, and and so forth. Again, even there, you have to illustrate what what efficiency these things bring to your to an NGO because you know, does it save you more days? Does it allow give you more days of working does it improve the productivity of the team does it you know um increase the the excitement whatever the case may be but you'll find you need to find ways uh for this to really make uh, make uh, make make an impression 
Um, I mean, I know BE again is a, is a big is a you know it's been used for by many NGOs, um, especially through the uh, uh, you know social economic development um, uh, element SED funding. Um, again, there you have to illustrate what your partnership and their investment means over and above just compliance, and I think that's important for me. After you have done all this, I mean, this is possibly um, over 15, uh, easily going into into 16 types of activities that you can do to, to make to make money. Um, to summarize, you could do marketing and advertising, uh, advertising rights, product placement, you could do um, product uh, advocacy, advocacy, right? Um, you could do seminars, workshops, you could do, you could do training, uh, for professionals in whatever area they are, they are or practitioners, um, you could do uh, product reviews and, 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 and do research outputs. You could definitely do uh, and run training projects in communities and transfer skills. You could def you could you know leverage the uh, the wellness days. You could do you could consult on, 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 on that area on that space on that sector that you are in as an NGO. Um, you could drive consumer education activities. You could. Also test products and you review them for different people, whether ad agencies or corporates or private sector or research centers or innovation centers or startups or entrepreneurs that are you know tinkering with some ideas. You could be those people that you know they validate you validate their their products that they have in mind or they are they are they are trying to prototype. Merchandise is also a way to make money and obviously you know um, some sponsorships and donations and make and, and grants through um, corporate sponsorships, you know, government grants and, and ad hoc donations from individuals. Um, but again they're making sure that your your messages and your very proposition is very clear. Everything after everything else is said and done, you must always remember and keep this in mind that you have to partner, you have to start thinking as you know, yourself engaging these stakeholders or looking to make money off them or with them as an opportunity to partner and collaborate because that's the new innovation. Collaboration is the new innovation, so you've got to keep that in mind. It's not a you know, give me, I'm begging, and I need money, I'm a victim, not like that. That you've got to change that altogether. And you also have to demonstrate that you you monitor and 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 you are able to report on the work and the impact that you have done. And it's it's as simple as just you could even be writing this in in the notebook. You know, when people come in, uh, you write that you know he, you know they were eating three times, and or they either were eating three times because they were having um, issues because you know um, they were on drugs. Uh, now they've you know. Um, or they were eating like once a day. Now they're, they're you know, their appetite has improved. They're eating four times or three times, you know. Um, so that's the, some of the things that you, you know, you, you can make money off because it's data, right? So, so I hope that that you know that that is helpful. But of course, let's continue the conversation and and really chat about and explore what other ways can NGOs, uh, you know, uh, be sustainable. Because I think it's important for us to continue um, really looking at how. We help we help the sector um, uh, to re, to re, to be self sustainable. 
data definitely is is money you know ngos possess that raw and primary data so of course it's really a question of how you use it how you process it and how you you package it um always remember you know there's plan plenty ngos that are out there so there's competition people do not have an unlimited pot of money uh, so they're going to have to choose so you're going to have to put your best foot forward for you to get that you know little money that's out there and uh, um so and i think you know if we do that we we have we we stand a better chance um we stand a better chance of being in in, in operation or being in existent continue to add value uh, to make impact in our in our society for the next coming the next coming years so i hope that was useful thank you so much for for listening until um we we, we chat again soon thank you